Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now, the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. It's Coast to Coast AM. Connie Willis here with you playing great music. Open lines happening a little later on. Yes, I do want to ask about the Elon Musk information. And those of you, anybody knows him, get him to call in. Let's go. Let's go. Or at least contact him and let him know that I, everybody tweet him. Just tweet him like crazy and say, Hey, Connie wants to talk to you. She's got your answers for your UFO and alien questions. I mean, he's just asking the wrong people. Why is he not listening to us? What's the deal? What's the deal? Who is it that always said that? I know there was a character that was always say, what's the deal? Oh, hmm, hmm, maybe that's a Seinfeld thing. Anyway, tonight we have a guy that uh, is in here that you've probably heard his voice somewhere and had no idea about. His name is Bob Bergen, and he is he does a lot of voices. He's here with us right now. Uh, you've already heard a little bit from him. You know, Bob, it, I just, you and I got to talk a little bit before uh, coming on the air with me. And you have to take the acting classes. You've got to take the improv classes, whether you even know it or not at the time. But it's just because it, it works as well. I mean, it's definitely going to help you in the career, but it's also just fun and a part of all of it too. It just all works magically. Yeah, you know, I get emailed daily from people who want to. I'm, I want to get into voiceover. Everyone tells me I got a great voice, and there is no such thing as a great voice. There's only good actors and bad actors. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I always tell people, look, if you want to do what I do, the very first thing you do is you study acting. Yeah. And you study improv. And then you study voiceover. And, you know, nobody working today at my level lucked into this. This was hard work. This was something they really wanted. And no matter what it is you want to do, I mean, I want to do voices for cartoons. Somebody else wants to be a painter. Somebody wants to be a concert pianist. You need to want it, want it more than anybody else and be willing to work harder than anybody else. There, uh, there's no secret to this. You just got to work. 
And I got to tell you, though, the improv work to me uh, has been the most wonderful things uh, in my career, especially radio being a basic. That was the last thing I ever wanted to do. But these are things that teach you to do things live. And if you mess up, you just keep on going. You don't worry about it. You don't think about it. In fact, you use it and you just keep going with it. And that is like something that, man, when you can perfect that and keep going and not feel like a failure and not say cut, try again, you know, that kind of thing. And you just go with it. It really matters, especially with auditions or even doing uh, what you do. You, I mean, that means you could even now you'll have to tell tell us all more about the scripting of it. But I'm sure they love when you can throw in some sort of neat little ad lib that they didn't even think about it because you're already so involved in the character that you can do that. Especially, yeah, I mean, you know, what like I tell my students is if you have one check for your training, study improv. It's the greatest training on the planet. Yeah. I don't think I don't yeah. care if you think it's cartoons or Shakespeare. It's great training. Um, you're right. Uh, acting is reacting, so um, you don't want to dishonor the writer to the point where you're trying to improve on their no. work. By your, yeah. your ad living, but you definitely want to, you know, bring something to the table, especially yeah. in the in the audition. I, I, and I tell my students, the script is a skeleton. Your job is to give it a body. What does that mean? It means whatever your little creative mind wants to bring to that character. Yeah, uh, all characters have a voice, but not all voices have character. You're creating a character, a living, breathing character. Your audition needs to sound like that character has been around for a hundred years. And it has nothing to do with the sound of that character. It has to do with the personality, the relationships in the script, um, the environment, the backstory. Everything an on-camera or stage actor does with a character, you have to do vocally with the cartoon character. Let's hear some of your character work. Let's uh, listen to some of the animation that you've done. My name is Sam Fisher. I used to be a hero. Now I'm a wanted man. Can I put my clothes back on? My nipples are getting cold. I'm gonna gobble you up. Bit by bit. Piece by piece. My Jessica the cheating, but I could never kill her. I'd be the prime suspect. But if we killed each other's wives, cheapest, it would be the perfect crime. Stop trying to confuse me. Your overconfidence is your weakness. Faith in your mama. I said, your mama's so fat, Jabba the Hutt said, damn! You know we aren't meant to exist in the outside world. Oh, you seem somewhat undressed. Quite a fashion statement. Come here, kid. Have I got a cool toy for you? I, the world's oldest fraggle, am proud to announce. I have a table for two. Yeah. Hey there, Mama. On your way to Grandma's house. Ooh, I love the smell of fear. The old man. Before he was. Before he was. He said I could escape. Into the light. Please help me, Mr. Bugs. I need you to hide this very important document. <laughs> As you know, there is no one way to make a clone. What, you think I like jumping down this big dummy's throat every time he stuffs his face too much? No way. But them's is the brakes. Here comes Mr. Bomber dropping his bombs and stuff on Mr. Ducky. <laughs> Dr. Bunsen Honeydew here at Muppet Labs. Brush! 
Push as hard as you can. Get free. Don't let them do to you what they've done to me. It's so terrible. I just wish it would all end. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, Your Airiness, but if you don't find a fifth player, your team will forfeit the game. He is not washed up. Michael's the greatest ever. That's all, folks. That's my one. <laughs> <laughs> That's just great stuff. That's Bob Bergen. That's who we're talking to here on Coast to Coast AM tonight. Those were his voices right there and character voices. You know, I just find that amazing because it's it's uh, being in the world of broadcasting. You, you use your voice. You're constantly doing that. People can recognize you from anywhere and you can get excited or do this or do that, whatever the the, the spot calls for. But when you do an animated character, that's just a whole nother world. And that's like the cream of the crop for somebody like me. So congratulations that you're there. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you, Connie. And I got to tell you, I do not take it for granted. It's something I wanted to do since I was a kid. I'm still doing it. And I swear to you, every time I go into my little home studio to record whatever I'm recording, I literally have a moment of, I'm still doing this. I get to do this. <laughs> this is... I, I want people to really understand that none of us who do this take it for granted. I feel the same way about being on Coast to Coast. I'll bet. Hey, listen, I got to tell you yeah. something. When I was on hold waiting to talk to you, and by the way, can I just give you a compliment? Oh, no. No, don't do that. Don't you talking dare. Talking to you on the air is identical to talking to you off the air because you and I have had several conversations. And what I love about you is you're the same person I'm talking to now live coast to coast. As you were when you were going, hey, so let's just, you know, just chat. And, and that is, that is, um, that's a good host. That's, I've, I've talked to many hosts where they put on host personality and you're just Connie and you're really good at doing Connie. Oh, thank you so much. That, that is the best compliment I think anybody can get in broadcasting. Uh, so thank you. And, okay. and to get that from you. Thanks so much. I appreciate that. I'm sending the check in the mail. I appreciate right, I'll take no, it. <laughs> exactly. No, I really appreciate that. You know, as I was trying to find my way along the way and, and we've, we've done similar things. It's so fun to talk with you about it, but. Along the way, I thought I was going to be in film, you know, and acting and yeah. and all that kind of thing. But I kept getting work that was live and everybody just wanted me to be me. Hey, can you host this show? Can you do this? And it's live. And and uh, so live worked for me and me being me. And at one point, I remember stopping and going, wow, everybody just wants me to be me and do live work. So I guess that's my bread and butter. Yeah, but and, you know what? The hardest thing in the world is to be authentic. And if you can nail that, you know, yes. I, I've talked to people who've uh, worked with Oprah Winfrey who've said, now, Oprah Winfrey was the same person on camera as she was off camera. And that is, same, same with Dick Cavett. Uh, you know, some of the greatest conversationalists are just authentic. And, you know, authentic is what it's all about if you're in broadcasting. Yeah, and that's what, when that occurred to me, that that's where I was, I thought, you know what, it wasn't being the movie star I thought I might be, but I actually felt even happier because I went, no, this this is really the top of all right. that, where right. you just, people just want you. So yeah. that's so sweet to hear that from somebody else to uh, get that confirmation. So thank you so much. I appreciate right. that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good night, everybody. Bye, folks. <laughs> 
See, improv helps you to just do that and people go right along with you. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in the Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I want to get to a ton of stories that you have, sure. but um, so I'm trying to figure out which one to go to. For Let's go ahead and go to the man with a smile. He's always got a smile. Let's see if you recognize who I'm talking about. And I know you have a story with him, but he always spoke and he sounded like he always had a smile, which, by the way, is more of what a teacher would teach with anybody in the broadcasting, narration world, whatever. Always have that smile on your face when you when you do your work. So yeah, you, you know who I'm talking about? Yes, okay. yes. Because yeah. he did. He always sounded like he was having a great time. Yeah, Casey always had that smile. So um I owe Casey Case in my career. I had studied voiceover for about four years, and I was graduating high school, and a friend of the family knew Casey Kasem and had him send me an autographed picture for my high school graduation. 
and um, I sent him a thank you. He sent it from his from his uh, his home. His home address was there, and oh, I sent wow. him a thank you note. And I said, by the way, I want I want your job, and I included my phone number. <laughs> and uh, a few days after I sent the thank you note, I get this phone call, and I hear this guy say, "Hi, Bob. It's Casey Kasem. I got your note." And I said. That is the worst impression of Casey Kasem I've ever heard. Who is this? And he said, all right, let me try it again. And he goes, hi, Bob, it's Casey Kasem, and I got your note. He did the smile. Because he wasn't doing Casey Kasem radio smile when he just called me. He's not his authentic self. Exactly, right? So, you know, he was very sweet. He said, he asked me all kinds of business questions. I'd studied voiceover for four years, but nobody talked business back then. No, they still don't, by they the do way. Know, they do now, but that oh. was all about craft. Well, I was with you in that world. That's what I knew about his craft. No oh, one taught yeah. me business. I'd I mean, already be Casey, totally rich by now. Yeah, Casey <laughs> said, do you have an agent? I said, no. He said, do you have a demo? I said, no. So he, oh. said, he said, make me a homemade demo of as many voices as you can do. And if I like it, I'll give it to my agent. Well, he liked it. And at the time, his agent, whose name was Don Pitts, was in the hospital. I don't know what had happened to Don, but he was in an oxygen tent. I think at Cedar sinai And Casey went with a little portable tape recorder and through the plastic of the tent, played my demo, the little homemade wow. demo. Wow. And a few weeks later, Don recuperated, called me up, and he said, kid, I think you're very talented. I'd like to represent you. And I said, mister, I don't know what that means. But as long as it's after 3 o'clock, because I'm still in high school, okay. And I didn't realize I hit the jackpot with my first agent, who not only represented Casey Kasem, but he represented Mel Blanc and June Foray and Orson Welles and Paul Winchell. In fact, my first audition was with Orson Welles. I mean, I, and I really, I literally had no idea. It's sort of like a kid fresh off the bus, and all of a sudden there was CAA. I mean, there were the top... Uh, theatrical agent in Hollywood. So I just got really lucky, Connie. You did. You totally did. That's, uh, I, I don't know. That's, that's the open, that, that's more than luck. Even though luck is full, absolutely a big part of all this, but that's, that's just meant to be. That's great. Well, you know, I agree with you. Luck is a, is a, is a big part of it. You know, everyone says you got to get your foot in the door, but your talent keeps you in the room. You were also ready for it, exactly right. I was, I was. And you know what, if, if, if that little, and by the way, that little homemade demo that I sent to Casey is also on my website. I have every tape of every class of everything I've ever done. I, <laughs> I, I, do. I'm, I'm a voice of recorder. I, I am too. Every time I move, it costs me a ton just to move these tapes and stuff. Well, I'm trying to digitize everything. Yes. You know, just to, yes. just to, you know, I've got real, I've got real to real demos, Connie, from. I do too. Days. I do too. I've got even video that's like D two and M two and what are these other tape things? I got that too. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I don't know how it's going to happen where I can put it on the cloud or something, but you know nowadays all this the work that we've got piled up, we can put that up you know on cloud or some tiny little piece. But right now it's taken up. Like I have a whole storage room full of I've it. I've got several. <laughs> I also have every script I've ever done, which is really kind of cool. That is cool. That is cool. I might have lost mine along the way, but I got some of it. But tell me, so tell me about 
that. Okay. So every dream, at least for me, but I know everybody else I knew in radio or TV, especially radio, they've always wanted to do an animated voice. Now, I always thought, well, there's no way I can do one of those characters. Heck, I didn't even know if I could even do radio or TV or film because I had a speech impediment all my life. Um, I also, uh, when it came to the cameras, I had like a congenitally missing tooth. And so, you know, they were spread apart. You know, you start getting all this tooth work, you know, teeth work done, tooth work done. I did have more than one. You have this teeth work done. You have, uh, you start learning how to get rid of your speech impediment. You go to college and uh, I took a performance class and they said, okay, all of you Kentuckians here, we're, we're not going to say, uh, I like, ah, anymore you're going to say i you're going to sound like a midwestern you're what midwesterner you're not going to say you y'all you're going to say you guys you know i don't know who determined that midwesterners was a way to go but that's how you were going to get work so you start training and all that and uh, that's enough for me but you you got to learn like these little funky crazy little characters that people somebody created in their mind and even you can create some in your mind but go beyond that which is huge and make it consistent and remember the syllables and how you you end and start a sentence with this new creation that you put together of this little character but i think at least going on top of that imitating somebody else's creation like a porky pig and nailing that that's amazing how well, do you do that I will and how tell do you, you that you know that? the the majority of what i do is creating new uh looney tunes porky pig is you know just a fraction of my career most days i'm auditioning for something new or i'm recording something new um so the so you create it yourself when you go on for an audition they say hey let's play and see what you can do for us pretty much so you get the, oh nice you get the script there's a picture there's a description and there's dialogue and my job is to look at all that and create a character and i do the same things i do with a cartoon that an on camera or a stage actor would do for an original character for a play or a movie you look mm. at the first line who am I talking to? What's my relationship? Where are we? But I have to do everything with my voice. Uh, now, you still use your body. You know, you use your body for emphasis. Oh, a you, lot. You Absolutely. With your, with your arms to your side, you're just talking. But yeah. if you were to film, I would, when I would take my students to a voiceover session, a cartoon session I was doing, I would tell the engineer, turn the sound down. And guys, watch the actors. You can tell what they're playing by their body language. Also, it's the so microphone, funny. when you're performing cartoons, the microphone is the ear of your scene partner. Where you are on mic, from line to line, from scene to scene, corresponds with where the characters are within the scene. Now, 80% of doing all this, 80% of animation is in the imagination. You see it in your head and you you vocally perform it. If it's an audition... You're by yourself in your home studio. There's nobody there to direct you, but there's nobody there to tell you what to do. There's also nobody there to tell you what not to do. The only limitation you have is yourself. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. 
Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now, the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.